Welcome to the Ether. Today is Tuesday, February 14th, 2023. Today on the Ether, the Juno Com SubDAO Community Call number five. Let's take a listen. All right, everyone. Welcome, welcome to the Juno Community Call number five. It is already. Um, it's a pleasure to have you all here. It's going to be time to talk again about the updates, what has been happening on Juno, give you information about the governance and everything that's going on into our network. So super cool to have you all here. Um, also nice to see a lot of people from the core team here. Jake, Reese, how are you guys doing? I'm fucking fantastic. It's like, wow, what a great couple of weeks it's been for Juno. Like our numbers are through the roof. Price is still about the same, but you know, daily active users, holy shit, way up. We are like one of the top like Cos- Cosmos chains. Like, fuck yeah. In fact, for this week, we've been the top in terms of daily active users. So, fuck yeah. It's amazing, right? We see all the hard work that has been done on the network, especially by all the developers that have been building on top of Juno and creating awesome dApps. Now we see that stuff getting used and, and the daily active users going up. Super nice to see like all the hard work, bearing some fruits, people coming in. And, and yeah, thank you to everyone who has been developing on Juno. I don't think anything of this would be possible without the people that have been developing on this network. So... Um, yeah, I would say let's dive straight into it. Um, Jake or Reese, maybe you can, um, update us a little bit on, on what's going on in terms of the development. Like, do we have any updates around V12? What's the current state there? How's the testnet going? Where are we at? Yeah, for sure. So we actually have some, some pretty exciting news. So from the the upgrade side, we're going to be pushing one of our features early this Monday at around 1700 UTC. And this will be an upgrade schedule that will stop governance spam, which we've had a massive issue with, with uh, phishing proposals and just spam proposals on there. So the way that this will work is that to create a proposal, you'll have to put up 20% of the initial deposit. This is around uh, 200 Juno at, at this time. And we don't want to deter people from putting up proposals. So at the same time, the core one team and sub DAOs of Juno will be willing to help give that deposit. That way that you're able to put up your proposal. So that, that'll help deter spam and ensure that our users stay safe on Juno. Then with the version 13 upgrade, which is the large upgrade that is currently in a private test net. And we have a plan to move that to uni within the next one to two weeks. And this is the upgrade that includes fee share, token factory, the new IBC, uh, version four, interchain accounts, and all of those great features. So that's where we're at with that currently. Yeah, just a few things to add. Uh, so just echoing what Reese said, if you have a proposal and it's great and you need help covering the deposit, just DM me. You will help cover the deposit. Like, I think it's important to fight this spam. And it's, it's, it's hard to strike the right balance between, you know, high deposit fee, but then also have we don't want it too low because otherwise we get what we've been getting, which is just a lot of junk. Um, so yeah, uh, if, if you're a community member and you have a great idea for a proposal, but don't have 200 Juno, like just feel free to DM like any of the core team and we'll make sure that you get what you need. Uh, let's see. And in, in terms of the, the, uh, test net, uh, we've actually, you know, Reese kind of mentioned it, but, uh, it's important, you know, to keep Uni, uh, which is our, our main testnet up as much as possible. Uh, some developers noticed some downtime because, uh, 
you know, the, the point of test nets is to break things in test net so that they don't break on mainnet. That's, that's what they're for. But, you know, developers do use the test net for, for development of, of new applications and new features. And so it's important to keep the test net up as, as, as much as possible. And so we've now, we now have like basically like two test nets. Like one is effectively an edge net that's like running all the latest like cutting edge uh, kind of Juno releases. And then we have kind of our more stable test net now. So we really hope this two test net setup will like, prevent scenarios of the test net being down uh, in the future. So excited for that. Uh, and apologies to anyone who experienced some test net downtime over the last week or so. So the way this works now is basically you have a test net for the test net where you develop the new features and, and see how they work. And if everything runs stable there, then it's deployed on the real the unit test net where then developers can play around with and, and see how these new features impact their their software and their contracts. Is that correct? Yes, that's exactly how it works. And uh this is designed to keep the test net, you know, if you're building on uni, uh, on, on uni and like you rely on it to like develop your application, this is going to result in just maximum uptime. So we effectively have two test nets and now one of it is a test net of a test net, but uh, it's time. It's time. Yeah, that's awesome. Definitely good. And it's great to hear that developers can trust that the test net is up and always working. I think that's obviously important and then i also wanted to add something to to the governance um because i think like with the deposits right we also have the forum so if someone has a great idea either way like he should post it in there first and if the idea finds a lot of support in the community then i think finding some people that help sponsoring the 200 juno that are necessary to post it should also not be that hard right yeah, totally. Uh, I, I I don't think it's a will be a problem. It's not been a problem in the past, so yeah. Uh, I'm excited to stop this. Spam. Yeah, so definitely good to see that something happening with the spam. I actually had this on the list later on when we talk about governance to um, yeah to to talk and and um, if there's something in the works to stop that. But good that we have already covered that. Hey, Ethan. Um, do you have something to add as well to the updates coming to Juno? Hi, I'm 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 not Ethan Frey, but uh, I'm the Frey. But I think uh, I think uh, Meow and Reese have covered it pretty well. Um, obviously, Reese has been uh, doing a lot of the point work for the current uh, version thirteen, and I think uh, it's. It's been nice to have somebody else kind of full time working on the sort of uh, release pipeline for Juno. It's been relatively lonely for the last year or so. And um, yeah, recently been doing a fantastic job getting these edge tests, uh, test net stuff set up. And uh, version 13, as I think has already been covered, has a lot of exciting new features in it. But the flip side of that is that we've had to essentially re rejig how we do testing because uh, when you try and ship more, ship more ambitious features, you tend to break more stuff. And that's certainly what we found this, this time around. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's always harder to ship more innovative features, but it's in the end what will make Juno successful, that we continue to take those risks and break stuff and bring new cool stuff that other chains maybe don't have. So then um, as we went through all the... Um, the updates uh, we had a lot that has been going on in terms of governance as well um there were a bunch of proposals that um were on vote the heck tuna one that has passed then um what's uh then we have the fair and equi equitable i hope i didn't butcher that word too much um propose uh, distribution of remaining funds uh proposal that has been corrected and i think it's on chain right now um actually there's so much going on i need to open mint scan to see <laughs> everything that's happening here um then what else do we have? 
Oh yeah, so oh that got already rejected. Sorry, yeah, so that was all um, pretty straightforward rejected. Um, then we have the protocol-owned liquidity proposal on the Vindex that has been accepted. So the Juno community will deposit Juno soon together with the Vin team into that liquidity pool that we get deeper liquidity. Then we also have the core one um, team that is converted to an official sub down now. Maybe um, that has been passed. So maybe some members that we have here of the core one team can lead us what that means and how that will change what's happening on Juno. Yeah, I am so excited for this. I, I think it's actually like pretty groundbreaking. Um, most uh, crypto projects have foundations. Uh, which operate in the shadows and aren't really accountable to the community. Uh, this core one is a sub DAO prop, puts uh, not only the membership of core one into the full control of the community. So if you don't like, for example, my, myself, and you don't think I'm acting in the best interest of the community, you can, you can vote me off core one. Uh, more, more importantly, though, it, 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 it adds, it, it brings that entire dev fund fully under the community control. And uh, the funds have already started uh, moving over. I think they should be like the liquid funds will be should be fully moved over by like, you know, probably like maybe today or like the next uh, couple of days at the very latest. Uh, and so you can you can watch in the sub down and uh, see that happening in real time. Uh, it's, you know, I think it's going to be just a really big deal for like decentralization and accountability and, and this community like really showing leadership in terms of like, you know, like being role models for like a community first L1. Uh, but yeah, I guess the, the big takeaways are like, it brings all the debt fund treasuries completely under the community control. If the community decides to reallocate those funds, that's up to the community and they can do so with a vote. Uh, but it's also great to, you know, have elected membership. You know, we have some actually really great community members that have like really done a lot for this network and it allows for like you know the possibility of bringing in like fresh blood to the core team uh in fact we have two members that have just like spent countless like sleepless nights that have been added uh max juno and and the fray here uh like maybe people are very familiar with max he's like always working the telegrams he's put up with like so much shit. The, the guy like lives and breathes Juno. That's why he's Max Juno. Uh, so that's awesome. Like a question though: How can people interact with this Core One sub down now? So would they need to do proposals on the Juno um, on the Juno chain, or does this work through DAO? How can the community get involved here if they want to get involved somehow? Uh, so they, they have to do proposals through the Juno chain. Uh, and if, uh, if anyone's interested in doing this, I would suggest like, like writing, it, writing it up first and just text in, in Commonwealth. And like anyone from like the DAO team uh, or Reese or any of like sort of the more technical members can like help you create the message you need to uh, do what you want to do, whether that's move funds or like add or remove members. So. Uh, that's kind of the suggested flow is like, if you want to like, you know, make a proposal that like affects core ones, like spending core one treasury or, uh, adding or removing members, just write up your proposal in Commonwealth and then reach out to like one of the technical members of the team and we can help you. Uh, uh, I just wanted to also add real quick. Uh, the fray is also on the call. The fray has stayed up so many fucking sleepless nights, keeping this fucking chain running. Literally Juno would not be a blockchain without without the fray he's kind of very quiet in the background but like the amount of times he's like personally saved juno like i i i can not count it on two hands so that's only because it's exactly 11 so uh it's the lowest possible bound for, for more than two hands um as an aside as well this is obviously very very early days but um we're obviously, uh, we've just launched um, HAL uh, in beta mode on mainnet. And one of the things that was a kind of motivator for that project was bringing sort of social-like features to DAOs, sub-DAOs, multi-sig, stuff like that. So the first 
post on on the HAL platform was by the HAL Dev Multisig, and uh, <laughs> I have it's not finished setting it up yet, but there there is also a core one. Um, there is also a core one taggable user on HAL. Uh, so Core One will also be able to actually post signed messages that are cryptographically signed by the subdao. Um, we still need to actually do some work on bridging all of that to other networks like Twitter or wherever it might be, a, a another social platform. Um, but it's kind of the beginning of that sort of element of these sort of novel forms of social organization that are kind of governed by cryptography sometimes need to sign and post messages themselves. And it's actually like an incredible boon to be able to uh, interact with that without kind of leaving, leaving the interchain. So there's some, there's some cool stuff as well that um, hopefully we'll be working with some of the Dow Dow folks on as well uh, in that area. So if you soon, if you want to just get in touch with the sub Dow, you'll be able to literally just add us on how, so that's kind of neat. Well, that's uh, kind of a nice segue into, I, I guess first I wanted to talk about the proposals we have in Commonwealth, but as we have such a nice segue and you started to talk about Howl, and that was another point I had on the list that we wanted to talk about, let's just stay here, talk a little bit more about Howl. Um, maybe you can give a quick intro, what you're doing to the people that might have missed what's going on, and yes, share a bit more about your vision and where you're going with this project and when, where you're at. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to belittle how, because obviously there's, there's other people involved in the project and there's a huge, <laughs> huge amount of work went into it at the end. And, um, I think it's something like seven or nine, uh, contracts that all kind of interact with one another. And there's a DAO and a sub DAO and a multi-sig and, uh, a lot of the motivation was kind of pushing, essentially, we obviously have a close working relationship with the Dowdow folks. So on the one hand, it was wanting to push the Dowdow technology into an interesting and new space um, that was like a bit more social. Um, the other thing was, you know, building something interesting on Juno. Um, and the third thing is, you know, just from a personal perspective, my background is in uh, linked data, RDF, addressability on on Web2, Federated Web, that kind of stuff. So when, uh, you know, literally kind of a, a hack that was done over a few weekends while we were putting together the Manita release for Juno um, was the, the DENS name service. Um, and one of the things that was kind of quite key to that was actually sort of building out a example integration case of what what you could actually do uh with names that were nfts rather than just a list you know, a list of mappings which is what these have usually been organized as or modeled as in data um and you've actually seen a lot of name services and things that have come along in the interchain since have modeled you know names as nfts and it's not it's not like a groundbreaking idea but it was like kind of the the notion behind that that sort of service so there's all of those things you know integration with dow dow utility to juno utility to dens uh, and, and also those developers that have been around a little while might remember a framework called ruby on rails the canonical example for getting started with ruby on rails was to build a twitter clone um and I kind of remember that. And whenever I, whenever I personally pick up a new language, I tend to, first thing I tend to do is build a build a Twitter clone. Um, so, you know, this this goes back right the way to Lisbon in 2021. Um, just having a conversation with people, being like, "Well, what's the limit of, you know, what Cosmosm can do?" Because you know, at this point, we're sort of Eugenio's just launched, and we're like, "Okay, cool." What, what can we do with Cosmosm? And, you know, people are like, well, you know, you can do these, these all of these kind of FinTech and, and sort of DeFi use cases, which which are huge volume. And you're like, yeah, but can you build a, can you build an actually functioning social app where, where everything's on chain? It's not going to IPFS. It's not going to Infura. It's not off chain. It's all happening on chain. Um, and that kind of shower thought was basically the the beginning of how and then from there you obviously have other people join the project lots and lots of work a year of work in fact uh, in fact it's so long ago that on github i think the first commit in the how repo github rounds it up to two years so that's 
how long ago we're talking, I guess. Yeah, Jake, you want to add something? Yeah, you know, one of the cool things about HAL is like it's a protocol too. So as a social protocol, you can actually build new kinds of apps and user experiences on top of it. You know, Twitter is just one manifestation, but what if you took the same HAL mechanics and maybe this is, you know, like a potential idea for the HAL team or someone else who wants to build like new UIs on top of the HAL protocol. But what if we could do, you know, like crypto stack overflow? where uh, you could have like people ask developer questions and then you could stake on like the best answers. And so you could incentivize developers to answer questions about Cosmos or something like that. Uh, it's just an idea, but one of the great so things about- Fun fact is that uh, there are actually many more post types. So it, the user interface as it is, is very Twitter-like because it was kind of the, that was the simplest thing we could ship. But a better model of thinking about how how works under the hood is actually more like medium. So the the thing we couldn't do was store a whole blog post on chain because that's too big. Um, but the content type exists, and the the what you're seeing right now is effectively only comments. So the the Twitter like experience is just post comments, and that's why the thread UI is a bit janky at the moment because we originally designed it to be a post and only expecting one sort of inline reply to a post and then, you know, organizing threads of those. So there's, I can't remember what content types there are additionally, but there's a, a long form blog post, I think, um, some kind of uh, several media types and all of them can be threaded and then put together in certain ways. The limitation at the moment is the UI. So a better forum UI and a Q&A UI are two of the things that we kind of think would be most cool to do if the user base grows. Because um, like you say, it's kind of obvious. There's loads and loads of use cases. I mean, like it just me, just medium articles, to be perfectly honest, like explainers and stuff like that are a really good thing for social utility when you're talking about like social rewards for content, right? Yeah, totally. There's just so much potential with these like social media protocols. I guess my my final question for you before we move on to some of the other projects and topics is if if there's some great front end developers and they're listening to it and they like want to like contribute to the projects, like how how best for them to like reach out? Say say there's like a hotshot front end dev that's listening and they're like, I want to build like decentralized Stack Overflow with like built in monetization, or I want to build like a decentralized medium or whatever, like what's the best way they can reach out to the help project? As probably at the moment it's to slide into to my DMs, I think, um, or find me on Discord, uh, that I'm at the fray on the, uh, on the Gina Discord, pretty easy to find. Um, and let's talk at the moment, most of the stuff is not open source because A, it's not been audited and B, there's other things that we need to kind of get in place before we can sort of do that but um we absolutely welcome contributors we help we can there's a lot of cool stuff we can do and we can we can show you around if you're interested so it's, it's quite a lot of devs have kind of interacted with the code base already even though it's not sort of like formally open source it's kind of we're we're very happy to collaborate and we can we can yeah we'd love to hear from people who are interested in the protocol and what they can do with it Awesome. Maybe um, do you want to give us also a little insight into the roadmap? What can we expect uh, moving forward in the near future? Uh, so there's a couple of obvious things. There's just some some little bits and pieces around uh, seeing interactions that have come kind of your way that like users expected. And just because we're devs, we we sort of knew where all these things were were hidden or how to get to them because we built them. And it's really not obvious to users. So there's quite a few small snags like that that we kind of want to get done. Uh, the long form content is a really obvious thing. Um, we just need to figure out how to put that together and whether or not we're going to need to talk to the lawyers again, because as soon as you do user generated content, it all gets a bit like that. That was one of the big things that took us time to work out in the first place. Um, and better thread UI. I kind of touched on that before, but I think a lot of the use cases, you end up with threads of replies. And at the moment, threads are okay, but like we we know they could be improved. So that's like 
uh, several other things. And then, uh, and it's really boring, but indexing, right? Um, you know, at the moment, everything you see is driven off chain. Everything happens on chain. There's no smoke and mirrors. Uh, but the downside of that is that everything's on chain and that's like not the most efficient database or caching layer uh, to, you know, drive a high performance web app. So there's quite a few things like that. Um, we still work on it part-time, so we're kind of chipping away at things, but, um, you know, they'll happen, they'll happen as they happen. And we'll, you know, if other people want, are interested in the protocol and want to help out or want to ask questions about specifics of it, come say hi. Um, in either the junior discord, how discord, or just reach out to me on Twitter. Awesome. Super glad to hear all that stuff was coming and cool to see what you guys are building and, and super curious to see what's actually, coming up. Next. Actually, wait, I've got one more thing to say. One more thing to say, which is to shout out Dowdow because without Dowdow, um, how wouldn't be possible, obviously. And we've contributed to Dowdow, all of us. We, we fucking love Dowdow. It's really cool. And also the other thing that's on the roadmap for how is that um, we actually have it in the terms and conditions that we, the dev multisig has to, when we finish doing the, basically the end of the setup. So I think it's, I think it's in the legal terms. It's like about six months time. We have to vest control into the DAO. And that's kind of cool because it sort of leaves our hands at that point. Um, but it's all kind of like this big experiment with Dowdow, and that's really rad. That's like a really big piece of the roadmap. But the the other thing we've seen is that we we kind of launched it, and we were pretty fucking exhausted. And so we're like, okay, well, we can wait before working out how to do liquidity or any of the other things. Which, I mean, even as a dev, you're like, I don't know if we can legally do that. So that's we're like, oh, how are we going to work out these things? And the community just went and used Dowdow and figured it out. And just did it, just self-organized and did those things. And that is cool. And so the final thing on the roadmap is that we kind of don't control the roadmap and the community has already sort of taken control of the things that they want to see. And we're going to see more of that. And that's like the whole point of this experiment. So that's really fucking cool as well. Yeah, man. Shout, shout out, shout out. <laughs> and it really is um, in line with the Juno spirit and values. So super cool to see. Then uh, let's say, let's move on. We have some other projects here. Noise, um, why don't you guys introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit what you're building and what you're doing and what we can expect from you guys. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I'm Simon. Um, some might know me from uh, Cosm Wasm, so I'm maintaining that. Um, also part of uh, Confio. Um, but uh, noise is a different project. Uh, I happen to do that as well um, because it's a passion um, that I'm following here, which started with the work of um, building Cosm Wasm. Um, however, it's it's completely separate. Uh, just to get that straight. Um, and uh, the idea of noise is that right now um, blockchain applications have um, a lot of limitations when it comes to accessing the environment um, because all the nodes in the network need to create um, yeah, computation smart contracts and everybody needs to come to the same result. Um, and one consequence of that is that you cannot easily use randomness on chain. Because if every node um, tries to access a local a random number generator and get some random data, um, every node has a different result. Um, and then everything falls apart. Um, and at Noise, we um, explored this idea um, of using an external uh, random number generator. We uh, collaborate with a project called um, DRAND um, for the uh, centralized randomness. And what they do is uh, they have a random number generator that is um, independent from blockchains, but it's set up as um, a collective of organizations and they use threshold cryptography to produce random values. Um, and what noise does is it bridges the random values that are generated um, on the DRAND platform and brings them into the IBC ecosystem. So we uh, capture the, uh, the random beacons. Um, a random value is created from DRAND every 30 seconds. Um, we submit it to our chain. So noise is actually a level one uh, Cosmos blockchain built on Cosmos SDK and Cosmosm. 
And then we verify that um, beacon. So every randomness comes with a digital signature. Um, and we verify that this signature is correct and nobody along the way could cheat um, and manipulate the randomness in any way that uh, could benefit them. And um, once we have that on our chain, we use um, IBC communication to send that to the destination chain. Um, and one of our favorite um, destination chains um, and the one that we are actively testing with is obviously Juno because we have uh, all this ecosystem of builders here who might be interested to use um, randomness as a basic building block for their application. So um, yeah, Juno is definitely one of the platforms that, um, that we support early on. Um, but given the nature of IBC and how things work, uh, we want to expand to many other um, blockchains as well. So all of this is going to be awesome. So cool. Can we, uh, I think, uh, can we talk a little bit about like the use cases for randomness? Because I think uh, a lot of yeah. people heard that and they were like, that sounds cool. Threshold encryption sounds cool. But explain it to me, like I'm five, like what, what can we use this randomness for? That's like that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm an infrastructure guy. So I provide building blocks and don't care about what people use them for. Um, but uh, there are a few very um, obvious use cases um, in the blockchain space, which is around lotteries. Um, so if you have tokens and if you have the element of, of randomness and unpredictability, you can create all sorts of games, lotteries, casinos, simple coin flips, uh, something very sophisticated like creating a trading card game where you can buy booster packs and don't know what you get the moment you buy them. Um, there are a bunch of interesting use cases on the horizon when it comes to NFTs. Um, so one thing is NFT shuffling, such that when you're minting NFTs, uh, you don't know which one you get. But there's also the um, idea of NF random NFT creation. So the NFTs are not pre-created and then just shuffled, but they are created on demand uh, with random elements in, um, in their properties. So you can really create very unique items on chain that are just created the moment uh, you mint them. Um, I think there are a bunch of interesting use cases in the field of governance as well. Um, so for example, you might want to have a group um, and that needs to organize in, in a certain way that you form subgroups or teams that take care of one particular topic. But you don't want to always select the people who are talking the loudest, but you want to have a sampling, a subgroup um, that, you, um, that you select randomly. Um, and you want to be able to prove that this random selection is not arbitrary or someone just pick their friends into this group, um, but you can use the randomness to have a publicly verifiable way of saying, hey, this subgroup was selected um, and it was not influenced by anyone who has a certain interest in the decisions made in this group. So like crypto jury do. Yeah. Something like that. Um, and yeah, people have told me that there are some, uh, some interesting use cases in, uh, in cryptography as well. Um, so yeah, very looking forward to, to also hear um, what this will unlock. So I'm, um, yeah, I'm confident that the applications that this will enable are not built yet. But once people see simple examples of uh, how this is used, it will trigger their imagination and um, yeah, bring things together that are not connected yet. One question here, I think um, that maybe a lot of non-technical persons like me might have is, but wait, um, there is already randomness, right? If you mint NFTs, they're random. We have um, crypto, we have casinos, even on Juno, right? So how will how are they solving the problem maybe, or, or how will it be different with what you offer? Um, I 
would want to check if those applications are open source. Um, and in a lot of cases, they will probably not be open source um, because the um, data that uh, Cosmosm smart contract contract has access to is very very limited. Um, so the smart contract might use the block height. It might even use a time. But how many options do you have with the combinations of block height and time? This is something that I can I I don't know on my on my phone I can iterate through all the options in a fraction of a second. Um, and then now with those inputs, all the calculation that is happening is deterministic. Um, so I can pre-compute all the results and see, okay, is this going to be a result that suits me? Do I want to participate in this game round or do I skip this game round? Um, do I want to mint this NFT or do I wait until someone else is before me and then I mint the next one? Um, so I think a lot of the solutions that we have right now are kind of workarounds and are not fully secure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you for clarifying that. Um, Jake, did you want to add something? Or No, I completely agree with all that. You know, it's... Uh... I think people have been trying their best with what they have, but I'm excited for noise network, which is going to bring like much stronger, more cryptographically secure randomness. Uh, it's going to enable like a lot of really great stuff. Um, so yeah, amazing use cases, like, you know, more, more games, more random man of teammates and, you know, potentially Dow jury duty, who knows? Cool. Yeah, maybe uh, just one last uh, sentence where we are. Um, so we have been working behind the scenes uh, for the last half year. Our smart contracts um, are pretty much done. All the IBC interaction is done. The, the application is working very smoothly and nice. Uh, we're quite happy with that. Um, and very busy with tokenomics at the moment. Um, so you might have seen our blog post today where we announced uh, the rand drop, which is a randomized uh, airdrop, so you have the chance to um, receive uh, three times higher rand, uh, airdrop than a normal distribution would give you, but uh, only every third person gets the rand drop. So um, it's going to be fun. Um, yeah, and uh, looking forward to launch within the next uh, two months on mainnet. That's super cool, and I I, I love that you kind of use this technology already in the airdrop to kind of distribute to everyone what you can do that that's super cool jake uh yeah so just one last question let's say i'm a developer and i want to build with like really great a really great source of randomness what's the best way to get looped in what's the best way to get in contact with the noise folks where's the best place to like you know kind of find documentation and start building uh, yeah, so I logged in with the Noise uh, Twitter account, so you can easily find our website from which you find our Discord, um, and there, yeah, you can dump all your questions, and um, it's not too crowded yet, so usually you will get an answer uh, very quickly, usually by one of the founders, um, so we are there, um, and you can follow our Twitter feed for updates, um, and yeah, we also have documentation which you find on the website. Um, which gives you examples of smart contracts that show how to integrate noise uh, with smart contracts. Also on the uh, Juno Testnet Explorer, you see this uh, roll dice um, smart contract that is posting transactions all the time, which is our test. Uh, so you find us there. Perfect. Thank you so much for sharing all the information and excited to see what you bring and, and what applications we're going to see on Juno, thanks to, to the randomness you're bringing. Then um, we have another project here that wanted to share some information. Uh, White Whale, you guys wanted to share some updates, so take the floor. Hey, thanks, Lucas. Um, I'm Sancom. I'm CTO of White Whale. And you may know us, we have an application on Juno, a DEX, and Flash Loan Vaults. Our open source bot community trades between 
Windex, hoppers. Is it just me or can, well. I not hear, or can nobody else hear them? Sorry? I can hear him. Oh, great. I'm wrecked by it. I'll cool. leave. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, maybe Elon rocked us again. So Twitter space is a little bit hacky lately. But anyway, so um, our open source bot community is trading with the white rail flash loans and skip and our open source bot between hoppers, Windex, our decks, you know, creating volume fees. We have flash loans. And we just launched our own chain yesterday. And there will be an airdrop for Juno stakers. So that's the first alpha. So everybody who stakes Juno, um, regardless of where, which validator will get allocation of whale. And you can then you know proceed and do very interesting things, but I, I shouldn't go into this in this space. This will no um will be too much. But there will be an airdrop, one. And second, and this is something I'm very excited um to share with you guys, is we will spearhead the Alliance module of Terra. So Alliance, for those of you who don't know, is from a high-level perspective, quite similar to mesh security that Juno and Osmosis are developing. And we will go live or we will do an upgrade with the Alliance module in the coming month. And this will allow, once the, the Whitevale community um, passed the governance proposal, to stake your Junos on the Migaloo so Migaloo is the name of, of the chain we're building, on the chain and participate in governance and also earn whale rewards additionally. So would that mean I could stake my Juno to earn Juno and whale at the same time? In an essence, and in, in a nutshell, yes. So in theory, we can whitelist any token we like or the governance likes on to be staked on our chain, but to not attack the security of any chain, we will try to only whitelist their liquid staking tokens. So you can get a liquid staking token of Juno that in the background earns you your Juno inflation and the Juno rewards and stake that token on the Megaloo chain to earn additional whale rewards and participate in the governance of the Megaloo chain. Awesome, that sounds cool. Um, do, do we have, uh, I think we, we had you on sharing your, um, sharing more information about white whale as a project. So I don't think we need to go much, much deeper, but maybe just, very quickly in an elevator pitch tell members that might have missed um, your presentation what white whale actually is sure elevator pitch um you stake whale you earn a basket of assets you earn juno tokens you earn atom you earn luna and you can then take these liquid staking tokens that in the background earn you whale juno luna atom and so on and move them to any of our satellite markets including juno stake it there and participate in the local governance of the satellite market and earn rewards the decks and the flash loan walls on juno earn or create and awesome so other assets can be staked on our chain so juno will be able to move to our chain with some liquid staking tokens, stake it there, and you will earn whale. Okay, so basically your core business is arbitrage and the flash loan bots, and anyone that holds the whale token can get involved in that and get a cut of the revenues that these um, products create. Is that correct? Exactly. And... The nice thing is not only whale holders, you can get your Juno over, stake it there, and earn your rewards too. Awesome. Yeah, so, and if anyone wants to go in detail, um, 
There is another Suno communication call. I think it was the third one where you were on, the third or the second one. Um, and there is also on the ComSubDAO YouTube channel an interview that we did with you. So there's a bunch of information out there if you want to dive deeper into what White Whale is building. So yeah, thank you as well for having you on. And obviously, um, big That's excitement funny. around the airdrop incoming. Yeah, totally. And I think it should be excitement for all the up and coming shared security solutions, like more use cases for your Juno across the interchain. Like that's, that's fucking great. This is the composability that IBC enables. And, you know, obviously I'm still really excited about mesh security. I think it's better, but I'm honestly really open and excited about Alliance too. And like, it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a way to like forge these like awesome, like economic relationships. And, you know, I, I've been reading a lot of the Alliance docs and it's like, actually, it's actually really cool. I think that, you know, it's just a sign of what's to come later this year that like shared security in the cosmos and the, the ability to like build like economic ties and to like find, you know, more use cases for your whale and for your Juno. Like this is like, how could you not be like super fucking stoked? Like, wish it. Totally agree, Jake. And don't get me wrong. The situation we're in is not, do you want to use mesh security or do you want to use Alliance? In fact, we're just waiting for mesh security sh to ship, so we can do both. Hell yeah, both both is the way. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I mean, why the hell not? Yeah, I guess it makes sense. The more you share your security, the more value you bring and also the more secure your chain gets. So just secure it as much as possible. Can't go wrong with that. <laughs> um. So I guess uh, we are through the project updates as well and just want to give the stage to the community, ask questions to the developers of all those awesome um, projects that we have here or to the core devs that we have here. And and I think to start that I saw Rama has been joining us. So maybe um, give you the mic and if anyone has questions, then uh, request while Rama is speaking. Good morning. Uh, I, I come here on behalf of uh, a couple of uh, different groups. I, I don't necessarily have any questions. I just wanted to provide some updates and some things that uh, I've been involved with uh, over the last few days. Um, the first one is the protocol owned liquidity. I heard we spoke about that uh, briefly, uh, that, that past governance. That's actually just been executed. So uh, the DAOs uh, executed the protocol owned liquidity. Uh, so that's completely done. So I think that's really cool. Just wanted to let everyone know that that's happened within the last kind of half an hour or so it will take. Um, so uh, well done to uh, people involved in that. I wasn't heavily involved in that. I mainly just signed transactions uh, and reviewed it. The, the rest of the members did all the, the, the checking and uh, proposal stuff. So um, good work there. And I think that's really cool for, for Juno and Wynn to kind of embark on that endeavor and uh, to be involved in that. And, I think uh, it'll be the first of many. Um, really cool to see. Uh, so that that pool win Juno will now have a, a bunch more extra liquidity than it previously had, um, and we should be getting uh, swap fees back into the DAO. And I think uh, I think how they'll operate is they'll have the DAO will have to kind of send the respective tokens back to each uh, community pool or DAO. Um, I may be wrong on that, but um, the second one was just briefly, uh, I know there's been a few questions over the last couple of days or so regarding the Juno delegations DAO. Um, quick update on that if I can. Um, the the policies are written and approved and agreed upon within the DAO. Um, we are just formalizing the comms on that um, and we want to hope to have a uh, an example submission for the validators to review because we think it's really important to to get that process right. Um, hoping to have comms on that uh, by the end of this week. Um, it may be a little bit longer than that. Um, got a couple of members traveling at the moment, but um, that's the plan. Should be very soon. And, uh, you know, thank you for your patience on that. Uh, hopefully you'll be able to put your submissions in very shortly. That's it for me. Awesome. Thank you so much for the updates. And it's just really cool to see how quick this stuff also gets executed, the governance votes on it. And you can barely take three breaths and then it's already live and implemented. So super cool. And thank you everyone who's participating in this and consistently keeps shipping all the stuff that the, the 
community would like to see. So that's super cool. Thank you. Um, do we have anyone else in the in the space right here that would like to share something, has a question, would like to know something, or just participate in any way and gets himself heard? Please request a speaker role. If not, then uh, maybe anyone else that is a speaker right now would like to share a thought or share something more than let's do that and if not i would say we we can close it down we're almost at the one hour mark too so yeah anything else someone would like to add feel free jake i'd like to get your opinion on mesh security versus alliance because you mentioned you prefer mesh which is kind of obviously because you're building it yeah uh, well, still i'd like to get that makes opinion. sense uh you know, I actually think Alliance is fine. The more that I've looked at it, I think it's it's kind of in many ways just like a simpler. They they are really similar. There's a lot of similarities. Uh, in many ways, it's, it's a lot simpler in many ways, which you know is why they've been able to like get it out really quickly. And honestly, I agree complete 100% agree with your take that both is good. Like we need more options around shared security, and it's really exciting to see like how much innovation there are there is. Um, some of the differences with mesh is that it's not like built around liquid staking de derivatives. So like in order to, um, in order to like stake your, like cross stake your Juno on, uh, both Juno and whale, you have to like mint a liquid staking derivative and then, uh, whale governance has to approve the liquid staking derivative for, for, for cross staking. And then you can only do that on one chain. So you only get like one, like liquid staked Juno, and then you can only do it on one chain. With mesh, it's kind of like you can like cross stake your Juno and it's like actual Juno, not like some liquid staking derivative. You can cross stake your Juno with like multiple different chains. Um, I think that that's kind of like the key difference. And so like you could have like your Juno and you could cross stake it with like, you know, 10 or 20 chains. Um, that, that to me is like the, the key. It's a little bit more, it's a little bit more complicated, but there is a lot of similarities. Uh, and, you know, I'm very much, we're very much seriously looking at the Alliance module as well, because like, you know, I, I agree with your take, like both is good. Like there's no reason we need to start exploring like all the possibilities with shared security. But frankly, I think the more interesting thing is not just the security. It's the, it's the alliances. Like I, I'm jealous of their name. Like Alliance is a great fucking name, but cause that concept of like forging economic relationships of like. You know, how can we forge like mutually beneficial uh, relationships with whale? You know, like how can we forge mutually economic beneficial relationships with other projects that incubate out of Juno? Like, you know, we need as many tools as we can for these kinds of things. Um, you know, I actually think it'd be really great to do like kind of a whole space on like quote unquote alliance versus mesh, mesh but I, I don't think it's like a, a versus kind of thing. Uh, the other thing I will add about mesh is that like mesh is like a little bit more generic and it's not implemented as a Cosmos SDK module. So one of the use cases that I'm excited about with for mesh is like sort of the true interchain use case of like going over to things like composable finance or avalanche and be able to like, like bring Juno and like mesh security as well as to take advantage of like mesh security from like the Polkadot ecosystem. Like, um, but you know, both are good. And like, I think it'd be really fun to do like a space to like, you know, like kind of just like dive into the, the kind of technical differences. Yeah, we should actually set that up, comm staff. Like, let's, let's do it. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I actually, you know, when Alliance came out, I was like, ah, oh, what's this? But you know, the more I looked at it, it's like, it's actually, it's actually really good. And I, I actually kind of admire its simplicity in a way. Like it's, 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 it's really nice. So, um, I, I think that, you know, I'm in the, the both camp. Uh, I think mesh is like a little bit more elegant, but you know, I think the like timeline is like kind of more towards Q2, whereas like Alliance is like ready now. And I think it's important to like start trying out some of these ideas. Totally agree with you. And the name is indeed, um, it's a great name. I, I couldn't have thought about a you know, thought of a better name for Alliance. And I, I, think, I, secretly, I secretly wanted that name, like, but you know, whatever, like, <laughs> I'm not bitter. But it, it's good, but seems like they got the name. But anyways, I think um, not many people in the Cosmos space are aware of 
the implications shared security. And I'm specifically not talking about interchain security from the hub, but mesh and alliance security from Osmosis, Juno, and TFL and Terra. I think those two technologies will shape or reshape the way the cosmos looks in a way like IBC did. I think this is the most um, groundbreaking piece of technology we had since IBC. And I think it will reshape the whole ecosystem in ways we can't imagine right now. Just to give you an idea. So when you um, will stake your whale, just because we have this plan laid out right now, so I use Migaloo and whale as an example, you will not only earn whale, you will earn a basket of assets, Injective, Juno, Comdex, Luna. And now listen to this. This is where it becomes really interesting. Once Landslide opens up Avalanche and Composable Finance opens up Polkadot with IBC bridges, you can, then you can move in your dot, stake it on, for example, our chain, Earn Whale. You can move in Avalanche tokens, stake it, Earn Whale, and boom, you're in the ecosystem. So this really is like a, you know, a vortex that pulls in new liquidity and forms alliances. And I think this is insane. Yeah, you know, I, Great. I, I could not agree more. Like, seriously, this is like... Anyone who's sleeping on the interchain does not know what's about to happen. The, 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 you're right. Like uh, Alliance and Mesh are like going to be just completely new paradigms. And like the ability to stake one token and earn many other different tokens is going to like completely transform tokenomics. And like, uh, I think we're just going to see this huge explosion of growth. And yeah, I just completely agree with every, everything you said. And it's going to get even more exciting, like the more ecosystems join. And then everyone else is just going to FOMO into the interchain, you know? Um, like eventually, maybe we'll even get like Solana. And what's and one exciting thing I, is or, we have light land here, so they can maybe add something as a speaker. Welcome, mate. Hey, guys. Honored to be here. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I agree. Don't sleep on the interchain. Um, ha happy to answer questions about about I the IBC Light client, but uh, the TLDR is that it's going to be open source, uh, ho hopefully funded by the ICF. Amazing. Uh, yeah, for those of you who aren't familiar, uh, Landslide is working on like bringing IBC to Avalanche. So give them a follow. Uh, we're going to be working like closely together as communities to like grow the interchain. And growing the interchain is good for all of us. <laughs> Let's fucking go. Um, you know, it'd be really great to have like a Juno landslide or a Juno uh, like kind of like these. I think these cross ecosystem spaces are going to be really great. So we should probably organize some more of those. And then uh, Mr. Whale, I, I think we should totally do like an alliance mesh like let's let's paint this like let's talk about the differences but honestly I, I think it's more about the alignment and painting the vision for the future and why this is going to be like so fucking exciting and why the interchain and not just like the cosmos hub ics secured whatever that is like the real interchain is going to be like fucking exciting um i'm so stoked i could not be more stoked god damn it totally let's do this and, and one thing, I know we're over time. I just want to throw in one last thing here just to get give everybody an idea of what you can actually do with specifically Alliance now. So Alliance allows you to whitelist any tokens. So that includes IBC tokens from other chains, hence you know this Alliance dynamic. But it also allows you to whitelist LP tokens, assuming they are native from the token factory. And that allows blockchains to create perpetual liquidity Think of you allocate half a percent of the chain incentives to a specific pool. And that ensures forever eternity, you get the deepest liquidity in that pool. So we're really exploring a lot of possibilities because the new models um, or modules, they open up the, the action and design space so much that um, it's really hard to wrap your head around what, what you can actually build with this. Yeah, it, that's such a good point um you know i think we're it's like truly the beginning like you know the things that are possible with like alliance and with mesh and like the inner chain as it grows like i don't know i guess that's the big you know we gotta we're over time but you know just to end on a positive note like 
how could you not be fucking excited for the interchain like and the kinds of like new things this is going to unlock like you know it's possible to also build like mesh protocols for like nfts or for like uh, like basically any assets like you're saying like lp pools like alliance mesh like these are the shared security like paradigms that are going to like create the next era of 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 blockchain bull market <laughs> like not financial advice but like uh it's a man i feel like we could talk about this so much more like we should really set up another like space to just like deep dive on these topics because they are so exciting but i want to be respectful of people's time um we'll, we'll do more spaces but like just to end on a high note like holy shit how could you not be more excited for the interchange? Well, Goddamn. also there's a ton of metrics on the monthly developer uh, metrics that grew 5% year over year while the prices are down 70%. I mean, huge uh, 61,000 new devs touch crypto in, 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 22, in 2022 alone. So and there, I think there are more devs in Cosmos than there are in Avalanche. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's it's really ironic. The Juno price is basically worse than ever, but the metrics are fucking better than ever. Like in terms of devs, in terms of projects launching, in terms of like daily active users, like number one in daily active users over the past seven days out of all the cosmos. That includes Osmosis, that includes Cosmos Hub, that includes all of the cosmos. Um and yeah, like we have so much to look forward to, guys. Like, um, and I'm really like line slide, let's let's set up a Juno line slide space, like let's let's dive more into mesh and alliance and how this is going to create like a whole new paradigm. And like, I don't know, everyone just go forth and like, you know, ignore the market, focus on the like fundamentals because the fundamentals are great. And like the, this interchain, I think it's going to be really big, not financial advice. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's, it's crazy how much Juno has been growing and how the price is not correlated at all to what's happening on the network. And I mean, you got us all now fired up and hyped for mesh security, which will be another thing where Juno is probably at the center of its development as well. I mean, you develop it and it's kind of a product of Juno and Osmosis together. So yeah, there's so much stuff to be excited about happening um, in the interchain and especially on Juno, the metrics are amazing. So yeah, I'm super pumped for the future for Juno as well. Um, and yeah, I, I would say end it on a high note. This is a good place. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Thank you everyone who's building on Juno and who makes this possible by bringing all the users and all the, those amazing metrics over to this network and making Juno this amazing place that it is. And also a huge thank you to the Juno core team that has been making this possible by developing Juno without any VC backing, without any funding and just out of passion, develop this amazing blockchain. So thank you um, everyone and have a great time and looking forward to the next Juno communications call, uh, community call. It's going to be a lot of fun and, and I'm excited to see what's happening because the development's so fast. So I'm sure in two weeks we have another bunch of amazing updates happening here. So see you then again. Thank you so, so much, everyone, for being here and have a great time. Thank you for the invitation. Bye-bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was the Juno Community Call number five, organized by the Communication SubDAO. Recorded on Tuesday, February 14th, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support now. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep your hands off when the play is a bust. Plain old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two. Help me see the three. Third eye open wide, checking out the scene Razor beam focused, starscream jokers Living off the fat of the people they approach Tell me what happens when the land fights back With the cliffs at our backs make the last stand matter No one ever planned for the famine on deck We was walking all erect with the dead man swagger Sitting in a little den, envisioning in the middle men Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble billion Thank you.
talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next b-b-b-billion Vision in the middle, men listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty, then talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze, trying to make the next. No one gave a shit till the drugs all dried up. Everybody died from a bad batch of Lysol, but it didn't matter. We was all hyped up when the pedal hit the metal. He just didn't have the right skill. Watched in the daytime till the night curfew. Rats in a cage till they make time to murk you. Got a little job that falls under my purview. We gotta get this mob away from the birds. Gotta find cover, wipe off the bird poop Ride off the work while you try on the worst juice Blinded by perps who try to reverse truth Slide like Fox News just trying to lie to you Eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants I can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis Mock up a basement could call me resilient Waiting for the internet to make me a b-b-b-billion Vision in the middle, men listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty, then talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze, trying to make the next billion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze, trying to make the next billion. Ten spaces. <laughs>